Got it. This is a middle-aged man whom I've worked with in a creative capacity prior. A couple, we've done a couple photo shoots and he just randomly sent me this message. Question for you and I hope I don't offend you because I'm actually curious. Don't you get bored with a lot of the juvenile topics you rap about? Rapping about dicks and pussies is amusing when you're young, but as a mature woman and artist, don't you feel there are much more interesting topics to discuss? Maybe it gets the eyeballs you want, but I personally think it diminishes your skills. Either way, hope you're doing well. Would still love to jam and shoot. Uh, Ooh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> Hello, Clitorati. <laughs> we could tell. <laughs> We're going to jump into the episode in a minute, but we could tell that Mandy was going to share something juicy with us. So I just pressed record. We're going to get the episode started and then we're going to jump right into that conversation. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. okay, it's perfect. on my mind. All right. All right. But Madison has some exciting news for us first on a personal level. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So we've heard from a lot of you, Clitorati, from around the world. They're just singing us our own praises. Oh, how confident we are, how inspiring we are. And we just want to remove the pedestal for a mm-hmm. second. <laughs> just be like, yeah, we are, do not have the confidence and we're inspiring the world. Like, any way that you couldn't be yourself. And a lot of y'all have been listening to this show for a minute now. And you've been kicking it. You've been listening. And maybe you haven't felt that boost in confidence is available to you. And so we've created something for you. Very special. If you make it down the rabbit hole far enough, you will get a sexual satisfaction session with me, sugar, yours truly, where we will dive into, it's completely free by the way. And we will get to really put a magnifying glass over this issue for you and bring satisfaction to this area of life. And you will walk away with a game plan about how you're going to reach these desires. And you're looking for five specific people, right? You beat me to it, babe. (laughs) So here's the deal. We're looking for five women who are ready for a major confidence boost in the bedroom. If you are ready for this, go ahead and send us a DM on our Instagram, which is at pleasurepositiveliving and DM us the word fuck. That's right, Literati. All caps. You want to get confident. And, and what happened? And when they do that, they are going to actually get a special one-on-one call with sugar. Maybe. Sexual satisfaction. Call. I'm going to be, you're going to message me. Yep. And then I'm going to respond. And then it's, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how into this you are. Okay. And we're going to play back and forth. She's uh, going to dom you on Instagram. I'm going to take you down the rabbit hole. Okay. As Queen Ruby says. I love it. I Amazing. love it. Perfect. What a, what a great, exciting thing. So for yep. anyone who's interested in that, DM us the word fuck. Yeah. It's a major <laughs> confidence boost in the bedroom. We're looking for five women. Go uh-huh. DM us on Instagram. The word fuck. And for anyone who's not following us on Instagram, first of all, fuck you. And our Instagram handle is at Pleasure Positive Living. (laughs) Just fuck you. We love you. Fuck you. We love you. We want you to get fucked. And being hot, we have like a really incredible guest today. She's one of my very good friends who has recently become quite famous. (laughs) 
she is a rapper who gained prominence in 2022 and 2023 through her viral videos. You were getting on social media every day and freestyle rapping. I saw you doing it. And she has a collective of over 300,000 followers across platforms and has up to 4 million live views on TikTok. She's received organic shout outs from 50 Cent, EPMD, Chris Brown, and Tyler, the creator. And when not rapping, she's acting and has casually sold two original TV shows. One, which is called Mother, Mm -hmm. which is all about the vulva. And Mandy and the second one, Mandy Mayhem's rapping with actors. So please welcome my very good friend, Mandy Mayhem. My cheerleader, oh. my cheerleader is coming out. I love it. Thanks what for having me. What an amazing intro. Right. Yeah. You're you're such a badass. I'm so what was excited it like to you here. When when you got those shout-outs from those infamous actors. <sighs> She was like, uh, yeah, amazing. The 50 cent one I didn't see for a while afterwards. Somebody <laughs> screenshot it and sent it to me. And he was like, that's hip hop, baby. I was like, yeah. Wow. Oh my God. I just got goosebumps. I love yeah, that. Yeah. So wait, it wasn't 50 cent who wrote you that crazy email you read at the top of the episode, right? No. <laughs> what a hater, man. I know. It's super weird. And I just yeah. hit the how it was cloaked and but I'd still love to like jam and shoot. <laughs> So well, I, I love how like they're like, you're a certain age, so you can't talk about certain things in public. Aren't there better things to talk about? I hope that I'm talking just... about dicks when I'm 90 years old, honestly. I hope there are still plenty of dicks in my life at 90. Let's be real. There's really nothing better to talk about than dicks and pussies anyways. So just to just, I think, to tell, let this man know, no, there is yeah. nothing better. Yeah. How did Mandy, how did it make you feel? Like, let's, like, I actually want to know, like, you read this. How did it initially make you feel? And then how did you process, like, how do you process through something like that? I'm still processing it. And I got it last night. So it's been sticking with me. And it's not that it's like the first mention. I've had a lot of mentions of that. Stop talking about your pussy. And at the beginning, I was just like, oh, it's just people uncomfortable with their sexuality. But with this one, like, the tone is so misogynist mm-hmm. that it's really bothering me. And also I don't want to talk shit about the specific person because you never know who's going to hear what, but he's a photographer that shoots nudes. I don't really know. I don't really get it. I don't Is really he, get that. It, it feels a little ageist to me, to yeah. be honest. It's okay. I'm going to let you guys know a little secret. I watched the Kardashians. Think <laughs> 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 what you will about them. But I was watching this episode and Kim Kardashian was actually at Harvard giving a talk because the class was studying her business and her as an influencer. And they were asking her these really thought-provoking questions like, do you, on purpose, do you keep your Instagram feed sexy and run these businesses? And then every once in a while post something, because she's also an attorney, about someone that you're trying to free from death row. And she said, no, honestly, she's, it's not that thoughtful. I'm just being myself. And I'm not going to let my age stop me from wearing a bikini on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was actually really profound. Is there an age where where you have to stop being sexy or Mm -hmm. stop? What the fuck? Yes. What my whole MO here, not that I'm doing it on purpose, but I think it's important to think about from a 
an outward in perspective, what you're doing so that you don't get off the rails and start doing things for other people. So at the core of this is me in the seat of my joy. Yep. And then from an external position, it's about putting images into the image bank. Like when I look at what I'm going to post or how, what the seat of my joy has created and how I'm going to present that to the world after the fact, I want to put images in the image bank that aren't there. So this is showing me that this is an image that isn't in the image bank already of a woman speaking in a juvenile, quote unquote way. Why is it juvenile? It's juvenile because we have a pedophile culture that is obsessed with youth sexuality. It's not juvenile because sex is not fucking juvenile. Hello. Very Very adult. adult. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So why do we limit it only to people who are not fully formed as adults when we present that sort of imagery into the world? Shouldn't we actually be leaning more heavily into imagery that is uh, older people enjoying their sexuality for a healthy, balanced, you know? He's, no, we can't. That's his response. If we don't have that, there's no behavior to model. Right. Yeah. Except for what we're shown by media. And most of my followers, now that's pretty balanced in terms of the quadrants, like who's following me, but the little bump in numbers is women 25 to 35. Mm. And I get that because when I was in that age bracket, I'm 48 now, I was desperate to know that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Not just from a sexual perspective, but like across the board, as I'm just slowly walking toward this canyon at 40 that you just fall off and disappear for 20 years and then show up in your 60s slightly crazy wearing like bright colors. Yeah, <laughs> chicos. <laughs> chicos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like those art gallery glasses. Like that's Iris Apfel. Like that's, or maybe 80 now at this point. And as an actor, I was faced with this canyon of, I actually, the day I started rapping, I got an audition for a retirement home commercial. And I was like, okay, this is happening. Like, I'm, why do I keep getting auditions for women in their 60s and 70s? I have gray hair. Get over it. It's a hair color. To, shouldn't women in their 60s and 70s be portraying women in their 60s and 70s? It's like unfair for me to be doing this work. This is not a 70 year old face. Absolutely not. (laughs) I don't want to support that either. I need the work, but I'm not going to, I don't feel good about that. Yeah, miss, it's interesting, like misrepresenting what what people of a certain age look like goes both ways in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And it, it's what the, the, the thought that keeps popping in my head as you're speaking is that phrase like 40 is the new 20. Okay, no, what if 40 is just awesome? Yeah. What the fuck is this 40 is the new 20 bullshit? Yeah. Like, like a com- you need to compensate for something if yeah. you're older. I look you know? good. I look like I'm 20. No, I don't. And I don't fucking, I would never want to do my 20s again. I was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I have a verse. I've used the word, the term sperm tsunami in, a, in another track. But when I first wrote it, it was my 30s were a sperm tsunami. It was just like, I don't want to do that again. I like sperm, but not that much. I think this is why your story is so inspirational. And one of one of the many reasons we wanted to have you on, because you have found, you have had a lot of success, I feel like, in your life. But you are finding a new success 
later in life. Yeah. So never giving up on you being able to sit in your throne now because you're like, you're in your seat of your joy, but you've discovered that, right? Yeah. So it's, I avoided it. It, I appreciate you saying that. And I, I have had a lot of successes mm -hmm. and also always felt like I never fit in, like I never, nothing ever took off. So people would take a chance, but it never quite hit. And what hitting means to me is putting me in a position that I have leverage to go on and make the next project. And I understand what that actually feels like now because people are taking my calls and talking to me in ways that they weren't before. But what had to happen was for me to surrender, not completely surrender. And I said a prayer the morning that I got that audition please just show me a clear path. And in my mind, I thought to what? Because in manifestation, we learn this, you must be specific kind of mentality. And I was like, you know what? I'm really smart. I've been building strategies for all businesses. Like I had an international company for 10 years. I've built a brand global, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm not to belittle what I've done, but like I've done the things I get strategy. Why is nothing working here? Mm. It must be that I, there's some, that, that it's like in AA, they say your best thinking got you here. So you need to just let go of trying to think your way through it. So I surrendered. I said, I don't know, you know, better than I do. I think the universe is more intelligent than me. So hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> So I just went about my day and then I got the download and it was like, that's so funny. In in five minutes, we're going to be like, stop saying we got the download. It's so cheesy, but whatever. For now, I'm embracing it. We got the download. I got the download. If you want a clear path, it's right in front of you. There's this agency that was offering to promote my lives on TikTok. And I wasn't going live on TikTok. I only had 200 followers and I like really resisted it because I didn't want to build another social media platform. I've started enough businesses at this point to be like, it's a grind. Don't want to do it. I'm already being exploited by this other industry. I would not, I would like to not be also exploited by an app, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then the information was just like, just try it. You don't know. What are you going to do? The retirement home commercial? I had this cheerleading project. I've been trying to get off the ground for four years. Film and TV takes forever. Mm. And it's, I've did, I've done all this training and I, not happy. And meanwhile, for 20 years, I've been avoiding music because it's the thing that makes me the happiest and it makes me, and I'm the most vulnerable in it. So anyway, I, one o'clock in the morning, I stomped around all day resisting it. And then I finally went on at one in the morning. I was like, okay, guys, I'm new here, but I, I saw, I found this article about nose chlamydia and apparently it like gives you Alzheimer's maybe. So we can either talk about that or I could rap. <laughs> and the comments are like, what? Who are you? <laughs> Precisely. They're like, rap. <laughs> we're also oh, rap. rap. Why are we talking about nose chlamydia? They thought you were Dr. Um, Sue at first. <laughs> yeah. That's so yeah. funny. I started rapping and 20,000 people watched the show. Wow. It was just insane. And then from there, it was... I've had nights where it's like in an hour, there's 170,000 people and the videos, like things have gone viral. It's just, it's in the the streets. People are talking to me. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Like I am 
I introduced myself now as a famous rapper. (laughs) (laughs) You are. You get stopped at CVS now. Yeah. I went to the doctors when I went back to Toronto and the guy at the desk, I'm Canadian. So I went back home to get the healthcare. Don't tell anyone. I showed up with my health card, which is expired. And I was like very afraid that they were going to be like, you can't have this healthcare. And the guy came out from behind the desk and came over to me to give me my health card. And he's, can I ask you a personal question? And I'm like, I'm going to get arrested. And he's, are you the lady that was, been, that was rapping that Jay-Z thing? And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> yes. Is this what getting perks feels like? Also at the, at the DMV, the lady came out, got me and asked me for my autograph and put me at the front of the line. Oh my God. Oh, uh, privilege. Lady no, Gaga. telling you. You've been my friend for many years and you are now famous legitimately. What I love about your story is what you're speaking to. And you'll hear people call it like be in your joy. We call it like being centered in your pleasure. Mm. Like when you are, it feels like things are just happening to you, mm. right? You're just receiving and listening. But what I love is that you listened, right? It's to truly be in your pleasure. You have to listen to that little voice, the one that is not berating you, not that voice, the other little voice, (laughs) the one that is guiding you and will be quiet if you don't listen. But if you do, they will be there to give you those messages. And I just love that it's such an inspirational story of trust and letting go. I feel like you're speaking directly to me and I'm sure there's so many people listening right now that are like, oh my God, this is, we all have that dream, right? The dream, the thing that really gives us joy. But there are so many times that I think we let go of those dreams for X, Y, Z, right? I'm too old. I don't have the right resources, whatever it is. But if you can really get aligned and trust again, I do believe that there is enough love and success and whatever it is you want on earth to go around for everyone. I really do. Same. But it takes something to get there, (laughs) to that space. (laughs) Yeah, it has to be sustainable, the thing that you're doing. And that's the tough part is that I think a lot of the times we approach it from the outside in right? That's what I was doing with the strategy. Mm. It's like how so many artists that I know are like, I need to figure out what I'm going to do on social media before I go and launch my page. And I took the complete opposite approach. I was just like, I'm not going to judge my content. I'm just going to throw shit up and see what happens, which is not like me at all. And as I've been walking through this whole experience, I'm very, there's much more ease um, because of, I had that confirmation from the universe of just, yeah, this is it. This is the, the, the joy. And as a musician, as a painter, as a mathematician, as a whatever your thing is that you do when you get into flow state, I believe that our job is to create a channel to be open to receiving the inspiration, whatever, wherever you believe that comes from. And you filter it through, But your job is to keep the channel as open and as present and as like beginning beginner mind-ish as you can for as long as you can. That's your job as an artist. So despite this motherfucker in my DMs and all the other ones on the comments, when I get into flow, nothing can stop me because that's my training. That's where it's all come together is to be in the face of duress and attack 
I can still find my joy. Sometimes in my show, I'm actually pulling the light down into my body when I'm getting out of it and thinking mm. about what people are thinking of me or, or in the middle of my show, I'll just be like, I'm trying to be cool right now. I'm going to stop and then just be, do whatever. Yeah. Um, so you, you said yeah. something that, that I picked up on and it's the fact that you were able to approach this with a beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. Now I would assert, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a moment where you didn't have that. Is there, can you tell us your journey to get back into that beginner's mind space? Because I know that can be tricky. Like, how did you Mm -hmm. do that? Mm -hmm. I think it's like a series of tiny decisions made over my entire life. And I'm a student of A Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. And there's a line in it that says, would you rather be right or happy? And although I thought about it many times over the past 20 years of studying it, I think it just started to really hit me recently, especially with the comments coming at me and the criticism. Do I want to be right or happy? What makes me happy? In the course, it talks about forgiveness and seeing that everything is either love or a call for love. So when someone's throwing shit at me, it's because they want to be seen and they're hurting. And so when I can look at it from that perspective, it doesn't mean I have to do the work for them or solve the problem, but it takes the defense mechanism down for me. Like in, in the course, it says, we, are, we forgive out of self-interest or the miracle worker works out of self-interest. The miracle is just a shift in perception from me trying to be right and argue with you and make it so that you see me in my point as right. That's literally what we're doing when we're arguing. It's trying to get someone to agree with me that I'm right. And it's maybe never going to happen. So do I want to be right or happy? What's the shift that needs to happen here? And ultimately, I've had enough fucking experiences in my life where I've fallen on my face so hard and the thing that I thought was the thing isn't the thing and the person I thought was the person isn't the person and the identity that I thought I had, even as a mother, I had my son when I was very young, I was 17. And so that was such a huge part of my identity and then it wasn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm still young. And, and so it's confusing, like when it, when you make it your identity to not have that anymore because the kid doesn't need you. (laughs) So to just have to constantly be malleable to what life is throwing at me gives me peace. Yeah. It's not about getting it right anymore at some point because it, I'm just never going to get it right. And the older I get, I, I think also being curious has helped me a lot sexually, creatively. Just the experiences that I've had have really come from a place of curiosity, which is a big part of the beginner's mind. So if you can't approach something like a beginner or let go of all the things you know, then you can at least be curious. And I think letting go of all the things you know is a very deep way of trusting yourself. Because I know, for example, as an actor, you learn the scene, you learn the words, and then you go into the space and you forget everything. That's trusting yourself that the words will show up in the moment, trusting yourself that you'll remember the melody in the moment. And it also opens you up to be being able to discover. Like the best part of making art is discovery for me. And I actually think that's like my life mission is to just discover to experience and discover. And I can't experience if I already know how it's going to go. 
has been a problem with dating too. As uh, uh, maybe not so good at it in terms of dating, because I like meet people and I'm like, oh, I know how this is gonna end. <laughs> I know the end of this movie. Well, sometimes you you might <laughs> based on your experience, experience in life, but yeah, yeah, I've had a statistically mm-hmm. significant volume of dicks. I feel like I've. She's so personally inspired by your story because I'm also a rapper and I have only started, I just wrote my first rap song this week. I'm in a songwriting course. I started doing my music two years ago. And this last year I wrote my first two original songs, but neither were rap songs. I was like really weirded out by it. I was like, what? She sings? We're not rapping, but I let it come through like that channel of creativity. One song is about pussy though. It's my pussy is a flower, but it's a house song. I was very surprised. Anyways, I got to rap Burning Man and really get re- reconnected to my like roots with music and my truth. And I got so much validation for this whole Jewish Barbie thing I have going on as a rapper. And the people loved it, people of all ages. And I was like, it, it was so penetrating that I just, it was like, I, my truth was staring me in the face. And I knew and I was like, I just need to write a rap song right now. And I came back from Burning Man and went to the Queen Herbie concert. Really big Queen Herbie fan. Yeah. Really big. Uh, (laughs) uh, And a melody melody and a chorus came to me for a rap song. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then a couple of days later, another, like a verse, maybe to that song came to me. And then I got defeated because I was like, I wasn't executing it. I wasn't finishing it. And of course, just how this works, surrendering to this process. And I really resonate with what you've been sharing and just inspired to continue to surrender. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine was like, my favorite artist is doing a songwriting class. Do you want to join with me? And I was like, fuck it, whatever. I've got these two rap songs I want to finish. I haven't finished. Like, I need some completion energy around my music. Right? Because as an artist and creating music, it's traumatizing when you go to start a song and then you don't finish. It's just, oh, it's like the worst cold ever. And... Mm-hmm. And so I did join the, the songwriting class on Sunday and ended up writing my first rap song from start to finish. And it's not even the one that I started from a couple of weeks ago. Cool. And then Katie calls me yesterday to brief me on this episode we're doing today and your success and everything. And I was like, shut the fuck. Every, <laughs> just the permission. And I blew her mind. Is, I was like, does she, I was like, Kitty, do you know that I'm in the songwriting course? I just wrote my first rap song this week. This is like a really big, like I w- it's really personal to me, very spiritual week for me. It's been mm-hmm. like two years in the making. I've been doing covers mm-hmm. for two years. So the liberation, mm-hmm. so to then be able to interview you and to me, what I was feeling from that is that you are like just the full embodiment of what I like creating within myself right now, that I'm actively like, like sculpting right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm so inspired. Thank you for following your truth. Yeah, how it's done. And you're also really fucking good. (laughs) You also are really talented. So I'm freaked out because I'm like, I think what I'm really present to with you is you had to look your own greatness in the face and be like, I'm not scared of you. You were terrified. It was like, Mm -hmm. I'm running from you, this shiny, great version of me. I'm running from you, girl. We're going. And I think that's ultimately like what freaks me out the most because when I'm in flow and I rap and I just like rap this. I came up with this new rap song the other day and I was rapping it. I was feeling so in my greatness. Like I was like, I felt so good. I was like that feeling of, am I allowed to feel this good? Mm. I noticed myself want to almost take it away prematurely. Mm -hmm. Like slow, stop, stop it from feeling so good. It's like when you have like a really good orgasm and you're like, 
but instead mm-hmm. of into it and like really riding, mm-hmm. just feeling so like that fear of when it feels so good, it's like overwhelming the system. So mm-hmm. I would love if you could just speak to like how you have <laughs> navigated your own greatness and moving toward her and not shying away from her. Man, it's, I love that you said all of that. It's so relevant. I actually had several instances where I literally ran away from it. I was at a Wu-Tang concert in 2017 or 2018 with Fat Lip from the far side. He was DJing. There was all this technical shit that went down, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I end up with the microphone in my hand because he's asking me to bring it to him. And I'm like, why aren't you asking me to rap? Because he was pulling people up from the audience to rap. He was beatboxing while we were waiting for the technical shit to finish, fix. And I was like, why are you asking me to rap? You told me I'm like the most talented person. Is it because I'm a woman? What's going on? It's because I'm white. I don't know. And he, I said, so I had the mic in my hand. I said, what about me? I want to rap too. In that voice. He got so upset because Wu-Tang is like his heroes. He named his son Riza. Like it was a big deal. And he came walking, going like this to me, do not. And I was like, fucking me, you'll change your whole life, man. Those condoms expiring on your nightstand. I just did a verse. And he left me alone. Wouldn't beatbox with me. I'm just in front of a full house Wu-Tang show (laughs) in this disco outfit. Just not, people were just like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) And I just kept going. I was like, I don't know what to do. And then there was, there's a, finally he comes in and starts beatboxing with me. And there's the chorus is I-N-B-I-S-I-B-L-E, bitch. Pay attention when I mention, no, you see this. Give me some love and I know you need this. Pussy is the power. So notice me when I speak dick. And the audience yes. went, Whoa, I just started cheering and whatever. And it's I was like, chill. oh my God. Were, but that was a freestyle? I, it was written. It was oh, a song you, I, I had. Was written. Oh. It was written. But, but it was ironically the- appropriate for that moment. <laughs> Oh my God, crazy. Also in the verse was enter my chambers on that Wu-Tang shit. My M-E-T-H-O-D kicks Liu Kang with, it's like in the verse. So I I grabbed my vagina when I said that. Like literally everyone was just like, what the fuck? No one was making a noise. I was like, I'm going to get murdered. I'm going to get murdered. And I just couldn't stop. And there were no, I was by myself. And then the crowd went crazy. And I said, okay, thank you very much. And I gave the mic to him and ran away. Wait, do you I'm, know him? Yeah, yeah. I was oh, so he stage. like knows you're a rapper. Yeah, yeah, oh, we're friends. So he was like... <laughs> he knows I'm a rapper. And I was like, why the fuck are you putting me on? I'm your... Whatever. Like, why are you yeah, putting yeah. me on? I'm your friend. So I was mad and that was my response. But then when the audience sent me all that love, I freaked out. So to your point, mm. this was 2018. I already had... My show had already come out. nothing happened. Had the two shows come out, nothing happened. I'm still doing non-union commercials. And so I just was like, I don't know. Do I belong here? I love hip hop so much, but pushback for so many different reasons. And then I ran away. So I understand what you're saying. I have been running away from music since my early 20s. I tried to start singing in my early 20s and I kept getting assaulted by producers, sexually assaulted. Mm. And I was like, I can't, it's I, not that I can't get sexually assaulted because like that continued well <laughs> into my 30s. But it was more like, I can't 
they don't, I'm, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. That's why they're only fucking with me because they want to fuck me. So because I was taught that my value was my body and my sexuality and whatever, I didn't see the other things because I was forward, forwardly presenting that as a protection measure. The show, I may destroy you. I will destroy you. Did you guys see this? Oh my God, it's no, so good. I know you watch it. Yeah, it's on HBO. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The, the like tagline of the show is something about the exploration of sexual empowerment versus exploitation. Mm. The whole idea that I grew up in the 2000s, the 90s, was about my 20s and 30s, was about women being sexually empowered. And what that became is me feeling like I wasn't being a sexually empowered woman if I wasn't just fucking everybody. And it became this form of self-exploitation that I'm still processing. Yeah. So to answer this guy about why am I rapping about my pussy is because my pussy has not had a voice for fucking 30 years. Never mind, even before that, my whole experience with childbirth, with getting pregnant, I was hospitalized for gonorrhea when I was 15 years old by a doctor who was trying to teach me a lesson and scare me into thinking I was infertile for getting gonorrhea. He put me in the hospital for 10 days on an IV drip. At 15? What the 15 fuck? To scare me. Hmm. He said, we won't know if you can have children until you try. What? Then That is yep. so fucked up. Did he? Fucked up. What the fuck? Yeah. And I was living with my dad. My mom was in the States. My dad had no idea. He thought, okay, she's getting hospitalized. Is it? Even back then it was a pill. Like it's not, yeah. it was not 90, whatever. So yeah, hospitalized. And then, and the guy who gave it to me also assaulted me. Then when I got pregnant, I was four months pregnant. I didn't know. Thought it was puberty. Like I thought I was finally getting tits because I didn't really know my period that well. And when I went to the doctor, he just was like, okay, I'll see you in a month for your next checkup. And I was like, there's other, okay. You didn't know. Oh my God. I didn't know. I thought that because I was four months pregnant and I learned that in the room that I was 16 weeks along, I was spotting and whatever, that it was too late to get an abortion. So I just was like, okay, I guess it's not an option because I'm having a baby. <laughs> That's how it was at the time. No, she was four months pregnant. That's too late. For I don't think it, I don't think it was actually. Yeah. No, it's actually not. And I'm Canadian. No, it's so it's like no. different. Oh, there. oh, Canada. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Canadian yeah. law. Not too late, but there was just no discussion of it because oh. it was like, we are the men and we know about what is best for the woman's body. And I was in a small town and these were men in their whatever age, 50s, 60s at the time. This is what you do. No support. I didn't, I lived on my own. I was like that kid. I didn't have, as Jay-Z says, mommy's knocked up because she wasn't watched over. That was my experience. Yeah. yeah. So this whole experience of not having control over my body means this thing, this voice that's coming from here is she's not finished and she's going to fucking speak until she's done speaking. Yeah. And if I don't honor that, I don't care who, who hears me or who doesn't at this point. 
But I also want to say, Madison, the, the experience of moving from one form of art to another, I think there's oftentimes an assumption that we make for ourselves that's really unfair, where we say, okay, if I'm an experienced actor, I've put 10 years in, then I should be at that same level as a screenwriter when I write my first script. We don't give ourselves the opportunity to have beginner's mind. And the thing I think that's been really key for me in this whole social media thing is that I decided, a friend of mine actually said, do not judge your own content. And I took that to heart and realized that, God willing, I live for another 10 years. In 10 years, I'm going to have another 10,000 hours put into some other skill set. Right. But if I don't start, I won't. So I can't expect my, my, like my rap, I've been rapping a long time, like 20 years, but I'm acting for 10. So my rap, my rapping and acting are catching up with each other. My writing's in a different place. And, but my cooking is pretty bad. It's like way the fuck down. I need to put some time in there and not expect it all to be in the same level. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been approaching it from that perspective and starting to freestyle. I'm very poor. I'm a very poor freestyler from the opinion of the freestyle experts, because they tell me all the fucking time. But in my live, I'm like, I'm bored. I'm out of shit to do. I have done my material for a year, almost a year now, been doing covers. I'm going to freestyle. And so I'll freestyle the comments and I'm getting better. I'm like, I don't care if I'm not good. Watch me get better, bitch. Because I have all these other fucking skills that are, are helping me progress really quickly. And I'm going to do it in front of you because that's the age we're in now. It's like the audience doesn't want perfection. They want to participate. They want to watch you grow and be on your team and help you get better and feel like they have a piece of this thing that's being built. And I'm all for that too. I love the collaborative element. I hope that answers. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's really funny. I'm on the opposite end of this in a weird way. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the email And one of the bullet points for this conversation, it's finding success later in life and never giving up. And it's the never giving up part that's making me want to cry right now because I'm also a Mm. professional singer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I toured with Katie's husband and Selena Gomez and I've sung theme songs for TV shows. Like I've been successful in my own right. But there was a rupture that happened about 10 years ago at this point, like where my songwriting partner basically broke up with me. There was never anything like romantic, but all of the I'm not good enough conversations got so loud that they have paralyzed me. So I look at someone like Madison, who's got this beginner's mind and I'm jealous. I'm like, how do I get back there? How do I move on? And like when I was growing up, I was that kid that was like 100% positive. I was the next Adele and everybody believed it too. Mm-hmm. And then when it didn't happen at a certain age, mm-hmm. I gave up. Mm-hmm. And I've been like spiritually constipated ever since. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I like know that you're here because God is trying to talk to me right now through you. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. And and the guest we had on before, it's like, what the fuck is the universe trying to tell me? We just did an episode all about manifestation and working through your trauma. And I've had so much trauma coming up. And I know that they coincide as you're sharing art and trauma are, they're right there. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm sick and tired of waiting to do what I love to do again. Mm. And it's fucking weird because I woke up last weekend and I was like, it's time. 
And now you're here sharing your story. And it's like, great, I'm just going to be like the world's oldest pop star and everyone can fuck uh, off. <laughs> yeah, I, I will be first and then. <laughs> well, I'm, not a, I'm not a rapper. <laughs> what is pop though? Fuck, that's the thing. That voice that it's too late is loud for yeah. everyone. And that's interesting part of who's been reaching out to me is a lot of the older generation of artists who are inspired by what's happening for me too. Because they had massive success and now they're like, am I still relevant? Like what's the, the system that we were working in before is broken and social media is putting a magnifying glass up against that because now there's no middlemen anymore. Mm. Like this, if this guy was in charge, I wouldn't be, nothing would be happening for me. But he's not. Actually, women 25 to 35 are in charge. Uh, (laughs) In my world, (laughs) women 35 to 40, then 35 to 45, then whatever the, that's who's, and then maybe it's going to suddenly be women in their 70s. Maybe it's going to be, I don't know, whoever finds resonates with me, but there's, if there's a calling, if you know that's true, then it's true. And the universe is going to support that in some way, shape or form. But it's like, I wrote this morning in my morning pages, I was asking about the barriers that I have to financial success and stability. Mm. Because although this has all been happening for me and the money has been coming and it's been coming and going. So Mm -hmm. I've had some brands come through and not quite the right fit yet. It's taking some time. And the answer that I got back was that the worry about the thing is the problem. Mm. It's the worrying about the money that's the problem because the truth is in my body. When I'm in that flow state and my face lights up and I'm in it, I'm just in my joy and I'm getting it wrong and it's a fucking disaster. It's a mess. But what happened for me, I'm getting excited, I'm going to lean in, is that I was in this corner in my living room with no director, no music producer, no one giving me fucking notes. Some asshole in his underwear making comments. Sure, I can deal with that, but I don't have to. I can just look right in the lens and deliver what I want. If you don't like it, get the fuck out of my room. Mm -hmm. It's such an incredible environment to create in. It's awful in some ways, but it really has developed that sense of this is mine. I own it that I just never, ever had before. And I can get into all the stuff I'm learning in ACM and adult children of alcoholics and like what I learned when I stopped dyeing my hair. It's all very similar about the externalization of myself in adult children of alcoholics. They call it making somebody an authority figure. So you have more authority over me in terms of what my trip is here on the planet. And I'm always making someone an authority figure. And against that person, I'm going to be compliant defiant or invisible. And I'm going to oscillate between those things. So I'll either, it's like a trauma response, you fawn or you fight or flight, right? Hmm. So when I went through my gray hair process, letting it grow out, I realized very quickly that I had been living my life under surveillance, this personal surveillance. That was a trauma response also to being sexualized at a young age, just men whistling and saying things and whatever, and always trying to figure out who I need to be in the room in order to be safe. 
And that never went away. Am I beautiful enough? Am I smart? Am I smart in this room or beautiful? Am I athletic in this room? Am I like small? Who who would I have to be? And that has, that is what takes you out is putting the other person before yourself. So I keep thinking about getting back into my shoes and eyeballs and what do I want from this room instead of what does the room want from me? And every single time I come, I just keep, that's the practice is bringing it back into myself over and over again and looking out to my own eyeballs and thinking about what I want. And that's a physical body thing. It's not a, your brain's not going to sort that out for you. Am I in my body or not? So I don't, I'm not that I'm trying to solve your problems, but I can just say that through all of these major shifts in my life, it's been this one thing over and over again is, am I trying to be cool and be who they want me to be? Or am I in the, in my truth? And I don't always get it right. It's a day-to-day practice, but when I do get it right, man, is it fucking working? Yeah. What I'm really hearing is to keep pursuing your pleasure, keep pursuing it. And this is your new, this is all of what your new single is about, right? Is celebrating the divine feminine and mm-hmm. pursuing but your pleasure and staying in that channel, whether no matter what it looks like, mm-hmm. may get right, right one day, might get wrong one day, but still being in the pursuit of that pleasure and that space that brings you joy based on what your own eyeballs are determining is the best for you. Yeah. Mm. Somebody tried to send me some lyrics of a male rapper playfully. Mm. Let me write for you. And it was so interesting. He said this line, it was like, I see, I got something about his, he has my legs like an elliptical. And I was like, that's so interesting. This is, I would never say that line because I'm, I don't see myself in that position. A man doesn't have his legs like an elliptical ever. (laughs) It's not my visual. So if you're trying to make that come out of my mouth, it's not going to work because it's not true because that's your perspective of my body. And you're trying to say that I, so most of the content that we've been experiencing about women's sexuality is coming through the gaze of a man even to the point of a lot of the rap lyrics that women spit are written by men. Ooh, like which ones? I don't (laughs) know. Word on the street. Word on the street. No, yeah. Actually, I I was recently listening to another female rapper. I won't say her name that I appreciate. And in one of the lyrics, it's a catchy song, but this one verse, I'm like, I just wouldn't talk about my pussy like that or my sexuality. I'm like, this isn't, I'm like, is this you? Are we just, do we just not miss it? Or is this actually a dude wrote this shit? And that's why. Yeah. A lot of other stuff we resonate with, but. We know little Kim and Foxy Brown, like back in the day that they didn't, they weren't writing those lyrics initially. So the the kernels of it, I don't know if they didn't write all of them or some songs or whatever. There's a lot of co-writes and things, nuances that are respectfully part of the industry. Right. A part of the process. There's certainly been men in the room when I'm writing that contribute a line or a thing here and there, and I want to give them credit. And by agreement, in some cases, we haven't done that because it's such a hot topic for people need to understand that I'm the primary writer. And if somebody else's name is on it, then they won't believe that. But 
Yeah, it's real. So this particular song that's coming out November 1st is called Legendary. And the chorus is legendary clitoris. You should see how long it gets. That's the hook. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? It's so funny because I performed it at, a th- at an event and this woman came up to me and she was like, thank you so much for repping for the long clitoris. And I was like, interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing really. Oh yeah. But like, yeah. There's five different types of clits. It's, it's, so that's considered anything. So like small is like a grain of rice. We did a whole episode of this meat, like medium, which is like most people's like a corn kernel. And then anything larger that is considered a large clitoris. And they like to be sucked like dicks. Yeah. 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 So I'm into it. I'm into it. The song is like a really interesting, like combination of this like playful thing I like to do with sexual content where it's, visually I love words so like it's like visually there's stuff going on the opening lyrics are mayhem making you horny squeezing your cock to stop me it's from tsunami that's the callback to the prior line still a breeder dropping eggs on you just like it's easter (laughs) I have four or five eggs I like that I don't (laughs) ish you know but yeah it's I don't know it's fun it's fun and also doing some deconstruction on my relationship with hip hop and sex, mm. pushing back, playing with different versions of a woman. Am I, do you want me to be this girl? Do you want me to, there's lots of voices in that song that have different tones that are either being very dom or sub or like playful or whatever, because I think that's, that's interesting to me. And the, I've, when Katie, when you were talking, I was thinking about the end. It's I'm not basically I'm not done. Oh, getting lost in my legs, illiterate from the weight of my labia on your tongue. I'm not done. Keep the pressure on. Mm. Keep the pressure on. Keep the pressure on. Keep the pressure on. It's like thinking about that moment actually is really important to me to find my voice there because it's not something that I say to someone I'm having sex with I don't that making somebody an authority figure happens to me sexually too has happened to me sexually where it's like oh let me be in the my feminine receive and hold space for you to lead this in this moment but that can very easily become disappearing or performing not saying what I need because I think, oh, I'm allowing this person to follow their impulse. And what is, where am I in this? How do I hold space for you for the masculine and still hold my, get, hold, vote for what I want? So saying that in the song is empowering for me to mm-hmm. be like, I literally wrote it right after somebody had given me head. And he, this guy was insistent on it. Like I prefer penetration for orgasm. And I find that a lot of like when a partner is going on and on about how great they are at at giving head that it's often because they don't know how to fuck. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's fine. I'm sure there's a whole thing to it, but I really, (laughs) and I have a tilted cervix. So there's all this other stuff going on. Mm. So Yeah, I think it's the music that we create, the art that we create is for us first. I wrote this song called Change the Sheets back in 2015 or something. And it's about 
polyamory and being in a, in a relationship with somebody that looked good on paper, but the one you are not the place where my soul lives or not the place where my heart lives. Actually, you're not the place where my heart lives. And just the fuckery of trying to figure it out when you're entangled with all of these people physically and how that can mar the process of really being with your soulmate. And every time I listen to it or perform it, it teaches me something else. And it was so long ago that I wrote it and it's just changing with me as I'm changing and my relationships are changing. So with this particular song, it's like people listen to it and think it's a joke. It's not a joke. It's actually really serious. My clitoris is fucking legendary. I should have a jersey on the wall somewhere. <laughs> I'm just going to continue to rack up the numbers probably. Or maybe not. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just find one person who's really good at giving head and that'll be the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) One can only hope. (laughs) I'm so excited for the song to drop. It's amazing. And I'm just so proud of you. And one of the things that I was talking to one of my girlfriends this morning, who's an acupuncturist, and we were talking about hormones and later in life. And when you were talking about like men don't put their legs in like ellipticals or whatever, as you age, your estrogen levels drop. Mm -hmm. So you actually start to think a little bit more like a man. This is what Mm. my girlfriend said to me this morning. And uh, because she was, we were talking about increasing libido in older age. That's just what we were talking about this morning. And so I just think that this is like such a great moment for you and to inspire so many other people, no matter what their age is to go, to keep pursuing, to keep that there's still a chance. There's still opportunity. Like your life is not over. Opportunities, new opportunities are not over. New things to learn is not done. And it's just really inspiring. So thank you so much for everything you've been doing from growing your going gray in Tinseltown (laughs) to to now with legendary clitoris, which is a really... uh, profound song that I'm really glad that you're saying like it's the depth of where it's coming from with you and hearing your story and really instead of just seeing you're on the surface of a post or whatever really getting where it's all coming from and that it is a authentic place and a really powerful place and so just grateful for all the work that you're doing thank you mm-hmm. I thought about it this morning what if I was listening to David Bowie. What if David Bowie had talked himself out of making music? Mm-hmm. No, he could have. He didn't have to. He got a lot of shit. He had stage fright. It's like really hard for him to share and perform it. But it's for you first. But then we're all feeding on the same cosmic goo. And I have the opportunity to put a little something into it that's going to shift the chemistry a bit whether it's smiling at somebody, a stranger, or now taking a photo with somebody who's a fan is so amazing. Seeing a person in real life and them, the way their faces light up when they see me is because they are getting joy out of what is what I, out of my joy. Mm-hmm. But you have to feel it first before you can share it. You mm-hmm. have to feel it first. And if you're not in your pleasure, you're not feel. if you're not in the moment, you're not in your feminine receiving. You can't share it. 
because there's nothing, you don't have anything left because you didn't receive it first. So much of my life was spent getting inspiration and bouncing it off. Oh, someone, that's for that person. That's for that person. Oh, I got to connect this person with this and help that, blah, blah, blah. But I never let myself feel it first. And now that I am, it's so many more people are getting off on it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And where can people find you and your amazing single that's coming out and be in touch with your lives? Like, how can people follow you and keep in touch? Because I'm sure everybody wants to know this at this point. Uh, So Mandy Mayhem is my rap name. And when you search that in the Google, it's probably the easiest because my Instagram and TikTok handles are different, unfortunately. <laughs> M-A-N-D-A-M-U-R-H-E-A-D. Manda Murhead is my Instagram handle. And MS Mandy May Cheatham is my TikTok handle. Super annoying. And on YouTube, I'm also Manda Murhead. But if you just Google Mandy Mayhem, you'll find me. I'm on Spotify, Apple, all the, all the places yeah. to listen to music. There's another Mandy Mayhem. So if the picture comes up that doesn't look like me, that's not me. Okay. <laughs> like on the one that's me. All right. And, as, and, yeah. and we'll put all of your links in our show notes. So for those of you who are, if you're driving, wait till you get home and then go in the show notes and you can, we'll have all of your social medias and your website and, and the new single. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. November 1st, legendary. Woo. Legendary. Yeah. Legendary. <laughs> so awesome. Was there anything else, ladies, that you wanted to, before we end the episode? I feel super inspired. Thank you for your vulnerability and really just being able to put it out there the way you do. It's super inspiring. You are definitely connected to Source, no doubt. Yeah, I'm so inspired. I just want great music the rest of the day. Good. Get it. Thank you. All right, Clitorati, with that. We'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh my God, I love that. That's what you say at the end.